0: of nature itself unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality and we don't have a clue as to how to operate it say in your mind
1: say to yourself i am more than my physical body because i am more than physical matter i can perceive that is greater
2: than the physical world.
3: For the Seeker. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location somewhere in the deep and mossy creek bottoms of King Creek, Arkansas. Live from Forest Tower Studios, brought to you by the Fringe Film and KTOK Digital Broadcasting. This is Lighting the Bulls. And now... Host, Joe Rupin. Yeah, it's good to be back. We are broadcasting all the way from the Forest Tower studios in the mossy creek bottoms of Cane Creek, Arkansas. I'm Joe Roop and this is Lighting the Void. Voices for Verity in this crazy realm of polarity. It is Tuesday, June the twelfth, and the night is picture perfect here in the natural state. And the new moon of Gemini is in the night sky. So Fire up your chakras, sync both hemispheres of your brain together and shoot your magical beam of light through your third eye tonight with us. As we peer into the void, we are on lightingthevoid.com, the KTLK digital broadcast in the fringe FM. And that network is on a lot of different places. Uh, tune in and talk stream live iTunes radio, radio guide FM, a little pinpoint on radio garden, all by proxy via the fringe FM. If for any reason, your data goes down and you, you're you not catching the live show. You can call the talk stream live number 701-719-3971. So there's no reason why you can't listen to the live show. But the archives are free just in case you need them. Tonight, we're going to be discussing consciousness, dream exploration with Jerry and Nish, host of Knox Mente, which is a new show dedicated to the subject matter. One of my favorite subjects and yours, too. I'm sure it's going to be a good one, I can assure you. Tomorrow night, author, guide, and mystic comes back for the first time in a while. Student of Daskalos, Dr. Stelianus Ateslus, Daniel Joseph, and then spaced out Saturday. I'll see you guys this weekend. I will be back there with Ronnie LeBlanc. So, yeah. It seems like it takes so long to get back to Tuesday. Good grief. And I got to tell you, which I'm sure I'm going to talk to you about this with Jerry, uh, I, I, this for the first time in my life, I'm kind of hesitant. Because I know, I don't know if you guys have checked out this new show, Legion, but Jerry turned me on to this show. And the finale's on tonight. If you guys have missed this show and you're into consciousness, psychology, dream exploration, astral travel, whatever you want to call it, this is the show to check out. It's kind of, you cannot like walk away and come back and you have to stay focused in this show. But anyways, check that out. So, yeah, this is, uh, is going to be a cool conversation, I can assure you. So, yeah, tomorrow night we got Daniel Joseph spaced out Saturday. We'll be back there. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you get the free, like, basic astrology book. You also get an open invitation to the Voidwalkers chat room. So when we do Walker subscriber shows, you can get in there as well. And if we open the phone lines up, that number is 501-777-5631. I do want to say thank you all to you so much who have donated to the show I do know a lot of people are asking for your money. I've heard it. Even, I've I've heard some even call it eBay. And so if you can't donate, don't, you know, for the love of God, please don't. But if you can and you want to, we'd very much appreciate it. This show runs on you and it's for you and I do nothing else. So God bless all of you that uh, have done that. We got some new social media followers. Gustavo, I can't pronounce your last name. I'm sorry, brother. Jackie Del Rios, Donovan Wagner, Denise Wilkinson. Jason Louve gave us a follow. Travis Rube, David Reef, Sally Walker, Maurice Moe, Dale Supple, Greg La Liberte. I gotta I gotta think that's not your last name. And then uh Deanna Wood, thank you guys so much for following the show. Um but yeah, the the Void Walkers thing is kinda new, so we're working that out. And uh what happens is and I'll tell you guys real quick what we do in there. Because every now and then we'll do just like a small subscriber show where we really get deep into some stuff. And we might have a guest on. We may have, uh, it may be an after show thing. But inside the Discord chat in there, you can hear uh, the show going on. You can even participate when we unmute mute the mics and stuff. So, And it's free. You just go to lightingthevoid.com. You put your name and email in, and there you are. And if you want to take part in the chat, you can come to Spreaker. Under Lighting the Void, we got some folks in there. There's also a chat on Discord. In the Spreaker chat, they already got uh, Lily, Sandra, Yegg, Dennis, and I'm sure some other people will fall in sooner or later. But, um, yeah, that's only really two chat rooms that we pay attention to. Also, don't forget to follow on Twitter, at Lighting the Void. And if you want to post anything, just use the hashtag LTV Radio, and you can email contact at Lighting the Void during the show. So, I've got no rants. All of you that are asking about uh, Leo. Leo's fine. I've been getting a lot of emails about Leo. He's, he's doing fine. He's healing like Wolverine. So we're going to do just some quick uh, quick Gilson stuff here, and we're going to get into the show. I promise you. Pothole robots will be tested. That's right. Pothole robots that work through the night to fix roads will be tested in the British streets. The drone-mounted devices will scan roads looking for small cracks and divots and holes, and they will be able to fly or crawl to the cracks and 3d print asphalt to fix them in less than 60 seconds. And the robots will be tested on roads in the next few years. So all of you guys that are road workers working for the highway department, good luck to you. Signs, signs that your guy might have some growing up to do. I thought this was funny. Researchers have pinpointed the exact age This is always kind of bull crap, too. But researchers have pinpointed the exact age that men mature completely. And that age is, I don't know if you guys are really that age. 43. That's 11 whole years after women. Researchers then uh, asked women to reveal the signs. What are the signs they say that men are still immature? And here's the list. And it's very heartbreaking. Finding their own farts and burps, hilarious. They still play video games, or they drive too fast, or they race another car at the lights or on the highway. I'm definitely guilty of those two, so I'm probably still immature according to this study. There's also a section in there that has the LTV show notes and whenever we put up pictures and stuff. And there's another kind of study that I thought was hilarious, but it's kind of interesting. What does God look like? And they asked liberals and conservatives. They all have different ideas. So an NC study finds that uh, we know what God might look like. And this is funny. You can check the picture out in the Discord on LTV show notes. Uh, Or at least what a group of extremely brave psychologists are suggesting, based on a research at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, among the team's many conclusions, liberals and conservatives, of course they're going to see God differently, a lot differently. The researchers came to that realization after asking 511 American Christians what they think God looks like. So a composite mugshot could be created from the many responses. And the end result, if you can see that, is a mugshot that shows God is white, young, and clean cut. Probably, uh, I can't even tell you what he looks like. It's kind of got like a Mona Lisa smile to it. Hmm. How ridiculous that anyone could even try to define this is beyond me, but uh, I hope that these psychologists that did this study are really going to put that on their resume. I'm sure that's going to help them out. The intelligence community wants to use DNA to store exabytes of data. The U.S. intelligence community wants to unlock more efficient ways to store the trove of data humans generate. We're already data mining now through our phones, but every day it believes they believe our DNA holds the key. The Intelligence Advanced Research Projects activity last month issued a broad agency announcement. I hope this has got to be volunteer only. Seeking research teams for the agency's molecular information storage program, which aims to create a system for storing vast quantities of data on a sequence-controlled polymorph like human DNA. Now, certain teams would have two primary tasks over this four-year initiative. It's supposed to go on through 2020 to build a tabletop device that writes data onto polymers and another that reads the information once it's stored. Dude, we're living in a sci-fi novel, for real. Teams must also develop an operating system to index, access, and search data within the network. By the program's end, the system must be able to write one terabyte and read 10 terabytes per day and present a clear and commercially viable path to future deployment at the exabyte scale within 10 years, according to the IARPA. As a comparison, one exabyte is about four million times larger than storage capacity of the top iPhone model. If you guys know anything about data storage, So the exabyte scale data centers take up huge tracts of land and can cost billions to operate and infrastructure. These people are arguing will no longer be feasible in the years to come. By 2020, the tech firm Domo estimates there will be more than 140 gigabytes of data generated daily for each human on earth. And as the internet of things expands, that number is only expected to grow. So if you're worried about being data mined, I mean, you might as well just let it go because it's not a fight you're going to win. This is incredible you guys need to look more into this really I, i'm not saying it's something to be afraid of because the technology is amazing but i found that kind of interesting so i tell you what now we're going to get into consciousness exploration we come back jerry and nish from nox Mente. you guys don't go anywhere. right after this we'll be right back
4: and you're listening to KTLK
0: The Fringe FM
2: This is Reverend John M. Polk from johnpolkmedia.com And you can listen to my show, The Quantum Hologram Matrix Every Thursday night ETs, UFOs, metaphysics, the paranormal, and more Are some of the many topics we will cover on The Quantum Hologram Matrix Make sure you bring your higher concentric, multidimensional cells. That's every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Right here on The
0: Fringe FM if you have hard water, the lime scale not only leaves white spots, it clogs pipes and breaks down appliances, costing you hundreds of dollars in energy and wear. Eliminate limescale and other water issues like brown staining and bad odors with HydroCare water products available from Wave Home Solutions. Wave's affordable water systems don't use salts or chemicals. You'll love the way your water tastes, smells, and looks. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com.
4: Oh, You know what I like about me? (laughs) This is Rich Giordano, host of The Paranormal Code. No, I'm serious. The show's on twice a week now, Sunday and Thursday on the Fringe.fm and Spreaker, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Yeah, it's two hours. It's live. And I do a show like you've never heard before. So you're going to come here. You're going to get your information. You're going to be entertained. But you're also going to hear the truth like, you know, you won't forget. you've never heard before and for those of you who've been following thank you thank you for talking me into this extra night now i'm on twice great hey good for you right the paranormal code this means something
5: do you find yourself bored and longing to learn more about the mysteries and conspiracies behind our reality Specifically, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific? What a coincidence, because that's exactly when me, Gigi, and my lovely co-host Cortana kicked over the airwaves with just the right amount of intellectual stimulation to give you that eargasm of conversational excellence that you deserve. So be sure to check out our show, Shift Habits, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, that's 9 to 11 Central. And let's shake some talk radio tail feather, shall we? Right here on KTLK, The Fringe FM.
1: My name is David. I suffered from MS or multiple sclerosis symptoms
5: since 1986. For years, doctors tried to help but didn't give me any
1: real hope. I tried almost everything. I was afraid this was my future, but I did not give up hope. Eight years ago, a healthcare worker told me about Regenostem. I called Regenostem. Regenostem explained how stem cells work. No promises, just a simple explanation of the science. They
0: treated me with respect and understood my journey. For the first time, I felt hope. Now I can jog and snow ski once again. It's been amazing. I have been symptom-free of
1: multiple sclerosis for eight years. I have learned that stem cell therapy has a broad range of medical therapy, from COPD to chronic pain and diabetic neuropathy. It's an amazing therapy. If you want to talk about your chronic pain or your chronic symptoms, call
5: our
0: Genistem today. Call 305 224 1858. That's 305 224 1858.
3: 305 224 1858. KTOK Digital Broadcasting. Napa Valley, California. Little Rock, Arkansas.
5: Hi there, this is Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.
3: Welcome back to Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop. We are live on The Fringe FM. Let's get into this thing. Dreams and consciousness exploration. With Knox Mente, Jerry Nish is with us. Now, the purpose of the show, Knox Mente, is to explore dreams, dreaming, and dream theory through a wide-angle lens. Jerry and Nish are opening up the conversation to a diverse world of dreamers. Now, their goal is to further help in the process of bringing conscious intent to the state of dreaming. Light to the shadowy corners of this experience, we all have access to each time we drift off to sleep. Now, they strive to maintain an open and neutral environment as hosts. There are many theories on the process of dreaming in altered states, and they want to hear them all. So no information is irrelevant when it comes to dreams. It is the overlap of individual experiences that they find pathways into thinking and the journeys of the collective. Now you can check it out at facebook.com forward slash There's also a link in the show notes to their chat room and guys, Jerry Nish, welcome to lighting the void. Thank you so much for spending time with me here.
1: Thanks for having us.
6: Thank you, Joe. This is quite exciting.
3: So you guys are just, how long ago did you actually start the show?
1: it uh, be one year ago in two weeks, so July seventh last
3: year. Oh
1: wow! <laughs> so it's been that a- went fast, Jerry. Weeks. No, tell me about it.
3: Okay, so it's been a year, and that, Jerry, I know of I know you a little bit more than I know Nish. So I know that you're you're totally into consciousness, the esoteric, and uh, it's a it's a conversation that we've had many times. But what why did you specifically want to do a show about the dreaming subject?
1: Um, I didn't, to be honest. It was Nisha's idea.
3: Cool. All right.
1: I mean, I mean, after she told me, I did, but it was all her, her deal, and she wanted some to do. She didn't want to do it alone. And I, I too, was looking to do something, but I didn't want to do it alone. So it worked out.
6: Yeah, we're, it worked out pretty seamlessly because Jerry is a techie, and anyone that knows Jerry or has seen his resume can see that he is. And um, I like to talk about this kind of stuff and Jerry likes to talk about this kind of stuff. And we, it it happened rather seamlessly and kind of synchronistically, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in everyone's idea of what the process of dreaming is and not necessarily always just the dreams. So like, what, what are your ideas of dreaming? What's your relationship to dreaming? What, you know, when you think of it, is it anything important to you? And, and this kind of stuff that we pose to, um, our guests.
3: So I want to jump jump right into this real quick. Um, the, the astral travel and out of body experience from after listening to the episode you guys had on with Gordon, White. do you guys kind of agree that it's pretty much all the same field or is it, can you actually separate these things?
6: Jerry, do you want to tackle that, or I can if you don't want to?
1: No, it's something I, I it's it's, I I can see it both ways, kind of Schrodinger's you know, cat kind of thing. It can be both ways, or no, either you know, it's not one or the other. I don't know. It we don't we really haven't figured that out yet, but I don't know if we can.
3: I haven't either. I've had this debate with a. Uh, quite a few people and you know i've had dreams i've had lucid dreams of course like we all have i've had uh uh what you would call a false awakening i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that and then i've even had uh the vibrative state where it felt like i was coming out of my body and i was still in my yard and i could see everything as it really was and i just kind of I don't know, maybe we as humans want to categorize everything and try to understand it all. And maybe it's just not, we're just not capable of understanding it.
1: Well, we are by nature pattern-seeking animals. And it was patterns and behavior of other animals that allowed us to become hunter-gatherers, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's, it's like built into us. And when we don't really, I, I just posted a video with this example on it too, so I'm going to use it. That you know, when we we moved out of caves and into houses, and we're looking on the internet, for instance, you're going to find patterns there because your brain's always automatically looking for patterns now.
3: Gotcha, that makes sense. I
6: think in 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 um, context to Gordon White's comments on the show, um, I think he's trying to get a more precision in the the language around all this because in the past, especially. For example, like the turn of the last century and the spiritual movement, there was a, there was a certain amount of parsing out people's experiences. And um, so astral travel and lucidity kind of fell into different phases of dreaming, if you will. And and gordon say and i actually agree with this gordon is saying it's the same experience it's it's lucidity once you actually wake up in the dream you're not your consciousness is not lying in your body and so i i like where he's coming from of course jerry and i just keep the tape we keep it open so if somebody comes on and wants to talk about an obe is separate from full-on lucidity that's that's their relationship with the process and that's what we're trying to get at is um the individual we're not we're not um we're not closed in on that and i think that's part of what makes Knox mentee work that we're we're open to everyone's ideas
3: have you learned like methods of increasing lucidity because that's what I'm interested in is I hate forgetting everything or waking up and like, I know that I dreamed, I know I did, but I can't remember a freaking thing. And I would love to find as many methods as possible to try to, you know, most people say just go to bed earlier, but I have a hard time with that. There's got to be some other ways. Have you guys learned some tricks of the trade? Maybe.
1: Absolutely. The number one thing would be to um, keep a dream journal keep a a notebook next to your bed with a pen. And the minute you wake up, the first thing you do is write down what's in your head. And from there you can backtrack because you'll remember, oh yeah, right before that I was, you know, jumping off this building or whatever. It it will come back, but backwards, as far as you can actually remember. But if, if it's a thing that you do every day and every time you wake up, over time you will start to remember more of your dreams. And you can have this journal now that you can go back to and look at all your past ones too, and compare.
6: Do you guys have, you can also record. So like for me, I like to actually hit record and talk on to like, I use GarageBand because that's what I have access to. And, um, it's, it's not as easy to go back and thumb through pages. It's, it's actually a hassle, but at least I get it out rather than really fast trying to chicken scratch without my glasses
1: and you could use both and just you know record it and then write it down later
3: gotcha so 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 that would help i mean especially if you like talked in your dream you know because i've I've heard my son tell me that a few times, like you were talking about this or something didn't even make sense. And I was like, what What are you talking about? And I've heard people do that. And I think I haven't done it yet, but I think it would be so cool to record myself, you know, and just throw it up on audacity, find the wavelength and see what in the hell I was actually saying, you know, maybe it'll ring a bell. I don't know.
1: I had a friend when I was a kid who, who, uh firmly believed it was devilish you know like you'll steal your soul if you uh record your voice wow
3: <laughs> was he of a particular religion or something
1: no no he was just a high mind
3: i got gotcha. you <laughs> i got gotcha. you that makes sense
6: <laughs> there are a lot of people that have observed superstitions like that it's funny to me i i, I really find talkers fascinating we don't get enough of them on Knox it seems like i mean. I, I don't know. Over this year, it seems like we've only had a couple. Um, we, and we, I'd like to get more, and I'd love to hear recordings, if anyone, any of our guests ever for the future ha- come on that do.
3: Yeah. Um, the, do you mean like yeah, recordings dude. of after they wake up and they record or recordings of them talking in their no, sleep?
6: during. Yeah. There are, like, there are apps now on the phone that will – that monitor your sleep and so if you talk they'll record it's also there's just a bunch of apps so they're they're telling you when you're in rem and stuff just by your breathing allegedly um so i think there's more data out there that's coming in all the time that i would love to um dive into
1: i'm pretty sure those uh... Body monitor, wristband type things, Fitbits and whatnot have programs accompanying them or that you can get in your stores that have to do that kind of stuff as well.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm expecting that we'll be possibly hearing some of that juicy stuff on Knox Mente at some point. Juicy.
3: Yeah. It's a great <laughs> show. You guys, I mean, if you want to really check it out, you should go to the, just look up Knox Mente on YouTube and there's, several shows there. There's some that are recorded, uh, some that you can actually see the guest. And to me, I fell asleep listening to the show the other night and, and people are like you fell asleep listening to the show. That's awful. No, no, no. no
6: you don't good. understand.
3: Like if I listen to your show and I can fall asleep to it, that means you've got something, you know?
6: Yeah. Well, plus it also, you know, it's telling your your subconscious or unconscious mind too. It's t- the the conversation is about dreams and dreaming. So you fall asleep. There, there might be a trigger there, you know, that could um, maybe move you deeper into the experience of dreaming, lucidity, and recall.
1: Plus, all the subliminal messages we broadcast.
6: <laughs> yeah, we we do we really, do we move into lots of woo. I'm kidding.
3: Uh, I think I believe Jerry would might actually do that, like put oh in some God. deep hidden uh, <laughs> stuff in there. You know, Jerry's funny like that. But uh I got to I just want to say this real quick, man. I've been searching Netflix and Hulu and all kinds of stuff. I get so bored trying to find a decent TV show to watch, and I just saw Jerry in his chat room on Discord just pop up this thing about Legion. I was like, hmm. I thought he was talking about the movie Legion at first. So I actually went and watched the movie Legion and I was like, nah, this can't be what he's talking about. And then I went and watched the show and it's incredible, man. It is it's like, amazing. if you guys are missing the show, you're missing out. And you do have to focus on it. Like it, you probably, I know I'm going to have to go back and watch it again, but there's so much that makes sense in there. And it makes me wonder how many people out there that, that, um, Obviously, they're not mutants, but how many people out there that are being called crazy that just may have some kind of extrasensory gift, you know? All of them. You think they all do? I
1: don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be out, you know, using my skills, as it were, in public.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> like That'd the voices, like screaming at people and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, like Tourette's kind of thing?
3: Yeah, or where they say they hear millions of voices and all the voices in their head. Uh, I mean, they could be picking up stuff. That's the thing. That's what I'm interested about mostly in y'all's show is there's people that say that dreams are just in the mind. It's just in your brain. It's just from the brain organ. Or there's another theory that it's really tapping into some other realm of existence. You know, And a lot of uh, esotericists and magicians tend to, go that way you know
1: true but there's a whole range of other options in between those two you know it could be both it could be a mixture it could be the, even far more complicated than that
6: we can go it can go into as we you know we're discovering further or speak with um it can go as far as the whole dream landscape is is a portal where are you when you know where are you when you're sleeping joe so um i mean the potential is open and the thing that's so exciting about this kind of inquiry is yes there there are studies in under scientific guidelines where they've you know they're hooked up to monitors and they're they're measuring you know the state's Yes, there's a hypnagogic state. Yes, there is REM and all that. But these experiences that people are having um, may not just be part of our brain. And the thing that interests me most is where's consciousness? So if I was you're going to say that, yeah, if you're clinically dead, we just had this discussion on our our last show um, with what was that Jerry
1: Alex Karras.
6: Yeah, it was a great show. And, you know, he was talking about a person that was clinically dead, no sign, no brain signs of activity, everything's dead. And yet this person had a very real experience. And, um, it, and he, you know, he really went into the emphasis that all signs of life were dead. This includes the brain. So, what's going on there? That's not in, an, and that the time was like, I don't know, Jerry, it was long, like 30 minutes or something.
1: I thought it was two
6: hours. Maybe it was something. It was real, like this person was clearly dead. And um, and so we're, there's a conscious experience happening. They're clearly not in their body. So this is something that's open. This is open territory for everyone. And um, I think it behooves anyone seeking Deeper knowledge of self and the collective and whatever may be out there, to move forward with an open mind and um, try to shake off any any dogma or pre programmed ideas of what we think goes on outside of our body. And and this you know we we get we get programmed in a way through society that dreams are just Unconscious things happening. You're working out unconscious stuff, complexes. And that is true. I do believe that that is a, a, a real layer to all of this. But I think that it's also way more than that. It's fascinating stuff. What yeah, do you think, Joe? Where I, do, do you go? I do too,
3: because I've had so many different experiences. Like I've had all the way from didn't dream at all to dreams that didn't make sense to lucid dreams to uh, what I, what I would call, I guess, a false awakening to, um, an out of body, like a a phasing experience where I phased from my body to a different to outside of my body. And even the, the hypnagogic state, which I've actually, I forget what book I forget what book I was reading, but I was trying to do tricks to get in that state, like hold something in my hand and try not to Mm -hmm. drop it, you know, and then I would go into that state and have a dream. And it Maybe that dream lasted like 10 or 15 seconds, but, uh, or, but it felt like it lasted five minutes, but when I woke up, it was only a few seconds. It's very hard to, exp- it's very hard to explain. It's also like, there's like, maybe time doesn't work either there, or it's just different.
6: Yes. This is something that is, um, wonderful to dive into is the idea of time, you know, is any of us that are actually exploring, all this kind of stuff that for some reason falls onto the fringe time in dream line, in dreamland and dream time is its own thing. You can live a lifetime in a half an hour in a dream and you know, wake up, you had your power nap, you went into REM and, and you, then lived a lifetime what is that that's that's crazy where you went through all these emotions it felt like you were living a lifetime it felt like days and months were going by this is fascinating to me well i'm interested in hearing about your awakening experience i'm well, not necessarily trying to turn the tables on you
3: yeah but, well i mean the one thing go. the, the <laughs> one thing You're that right. got me interested in it was i watched a video of uh uh Joe Rogan and Ari Shafir and a bunch of other guys. They gave uh Ari Shafir, I guess it's called Salvia root or he smoked it or something. Yes. And he started just going into these he just I mean, physically he was acting crazy, right? Just they couldn't control him. When he finally woke up, he was so freaked out. And I could tell by the look on his face it seemed so serious. That he had this whole story of another place he was in, with the kind of like the Wizard of Oz thing, you know, and you were there and you were there and yada mm-hmm. yada yada, and he said it lasted almost like a month. But then he woke up five minutes on this side, and I was thinking, yeah. man, that that's torture. To, that well, that would be some form of torture if you were, I guess, cognizant of the fact that you were in another body somewhere, kind of flopping around. But just to me, that was a a big thing, and I I started thinking about okay, what what else can I do? And that's when I got Robert Monroe's book, you know, Journeys Out of the Body. And at first I just yeah. didn't believe this guy. I mean, I really, all this stuff he's talking about, no way, you know. Uh, but then I started experimenting with William Buhlman's astral travel or out of the body techniques and found out that it was absolutely real, you know, dream yoga books and stuff, and then there's no way to scientifically prove it. Until you, t- then I talked to the scientist Thomas Campbell, who's a NASA physicist, and he also helped come up with hemisync and all that. And mm-hmm. he he's kind of the belief that it's all one thing too. And so it was very validating this thing. And I am it is probably the number one thing that I'm most interested in. And yet, because I'm so tired from work and all this other stuff, I haven't had a lot of time lately to do anything with it. You know. But that's been my wake. I've had several experiences. I've talked about them on the show, you know, from shadow beings to false awakenings. It's just been, it's been insane.
1: The one thing I I, just reminded me about what Gordon said and how it being one thing, but he said it was just a matter of intensity. You know, how intense is the experience along the same line of, of the plot, if you will, you know? So if you, if you look at, even if you look at it as one thing with different intensity levels, those can still be separate experiences or appear or feel separate.
3: Yeah, I can well, he did say that, um, well, what I told him was, is that I couldn't get out of my yard. The, the astral travel experiences I've had, I could play in my yard. I could walk around my house. I could fly up in the trees. I could even go look at myself sleeping on the couch. But when it came to leaving, I couldn't go anywhere. Like I just, it would turn into like white noise or a mass of just nonsense stuff that didn't make sense. And I would wake up and it was, I told him, I said, well, maybe there, there's a barrier here. And what he told me was, is the barrier is my expectations that, hmm. uh, he said, you need to look around more. Like a lot of people will see something in their yard. That's not supposed to be there. And then, and you know, they might get afraid of It could be, he said, let's take, I think he said something like a pink rabbit, for example say you saw a pink bunny rabbit, most people would just say, well, that's not right and go away from it. Or maybe it would scare them. But to him, he called that a possible portal. Like, you know, just be super explorative with everything and, and carry no expectations. But ever since he told me that I've been trying to get back to that state and I haven't been able to.
1: And plus you have to allow yourself to explore before you go to sleep.
3: What do you mean by that?
1: You you have to set your, if you set, if you, not you have to, but if you set an intention on top of what you're trying to do, it, it will help.
3: So like a pre, like set the intention that I'm just going to go with whatever and do whatever. Is that what you mean? or
1: Right. That you'll be able to leave your yard and the pink rabbits a portal to the moon.
3: Gotcha. So, I mean, have either one of you had like an out of body experience as far as where you could have moved in and out of your body? I have not.
6: I have from a very early age, yes. And it started, I hear this a lot. I, I can't recall which of our guests, but I, I, it might have been Alex, again, who said it's more common with youth. But when I was young, I, this was a common experience. Every night I would go to bed and I would lay there. I didn't want to sleep. I was a night owl and they had trouble getting me to sleep when I was, when when I should be at night. And so I would always find ways to creep out and stay awake and peer and watch the TV from weird places. And um, at some point when I would finally get into bed and it, it, it maybe a little bit groggy in the wee hours, like four in the morning and it's trying to will myself to sleep it mostly just because I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, I would start this thing was just so common. like my feet would get long. I'd get stretched out like a rubber band outside of my body. And then in, you know, and it would come back real slow and I would get small and then I would start spinning like on an axis, like a, a merry-go-round, you know, that way and then um, drop below the bed or go and hit the ceiling. And um, that that stuff I loved. I absolutely loved. So it, I never had to fear around it and I wanted, I wanted more control of that, which I, I never really got control of that. Um, but I did, that became my gateway into once I would fall asleep, then when that stuff was happening, like in the process of going down the layers of consciousness, um, and having my brain unwind, that stuff would happen. So I didn't have fear of it. And then I would be able to basically wake up, which is just become lucid and um and my experiences of lucidity would always be in some sort of best way to describe it is like in a video game right or a sim where i'd wake up into a room that wasn't the bedroom where my body was but it would be a room a lot of times familiar to me and i would go about so just like in your daily life um where you kind of fall into a hypnotized state, right? We fall into grogginess, but you're still here. Right.
3: Yeah. Yes.
6: Same thing happened and happens for me in dream time and dreamland. And so the moments when I would be really super lucid Those moments were always amazing because I, in that lucidity, I knew that I was actually had a body dreaming somewhere as opposed to here where I don't allow, for some reason, we don't allow ourselves to think that we might be dreaming somewhere else. Who knows, you know, the onion theory to this um and that is something in particular i find fascinating with a lot of people that speak about lucidity is it's always that idea in dreamland where you know your body's somewhere but why don't we question that here in in waking life
3: i have see yeah i think about that same stuff too all the time and you know i'm not Look, I know some of it's psychological, like Jerry said, you know, maybe some of it is psychological, but maybe there's something else and it's, you know, it's, it's blending back, back and forth. I mean, there's people that, you know, we've, I'm sure we've both read like, you know, some magicians or some other people like Crowley that, you know, they, that's all they did was journal. They would even track the planets and the moon and, and look at everything from a scientific point of view and just constantly trying to figure this out. And there's a lot of books where you know they would they could tell what realms they were in or relate it to the sephiroth of the tree of life and i was thinking well mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see that stuff but i wonder if because they made those constructs in their mind that it became part of their reality because there's a lot of creative factors to this as well
6: well can it be psychological in the dream too if it's psychological here part of it is and i agree you know i am a, a of, of an admirer of Jung and Jung has shaped my worldview in a, in a very big way. And so I apply all that. Time in the space of when I'm awake in dreams, when I'm lucid like this, where I, f- I feel lucid right now, at least. Um, why doesn't that, why don't those same rules apply? I mean, yes, we understand that in dreams there are, there's the whole idea of, The universe around you is different. So, if I want to fly, I can fly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I am not allowing myself to fly, I don't think I can fly. I can't fly. So, I'm restricted like I am here. And so, for me, the power is actually the exercises in the power are being here now in what is considered the waking life that is considered reality. If I can now start allowing my mind to free itself up and, um, Applying some of the principles from the ideas of what is dreaming. Now, I've not been able to fly. I'm not, you know, like, but I want to, and this brings back, we loop into the, that series Legion, you know, where, what do we even know? We've, you've both watched it. I think in our up to date, what's real in there, where is the layer of
3: reality? (laughs) Hey, I messaged Jerry, the same thing on discord. I was like, Jerry, Jerry, I love this show, but sometimes I don't know if they're in reality or not, so I, I'm having to I'm having to look <laughs> at the clues, you answer. know. Your answer was to – to uh, what was your answer? Your answer was uh, – I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it was to stay focused, but then you said something about, you know, you're probably going to have to watch it again because, it, uh, for instance, they'll have a scene where they're out in the field, and you don't know if it's reality or not, so you've got to look for – just like you would in a dream you've got to look for clues in that show to let you know are they in reality or not because if that one dude the black guy's not around to let you know he was the only guy and i'm not trying to spoil it but he was the only guy in that show that would say no 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 we're in reality because even they would question it all the time you know
6: and but could you even trust that in the end because season two here is even more wild and so it's like I mean, for me, all bets are off now with this. Like, where really is reality? I mean, there's crazy stuff that's going on with his, the monster and all this, um, where we assume that that's in his head. However, uh, you know, I, I'm not convinced yet of where reality is in the, in the show Legion,
3: that's beautiful because it shows that. I mean, it shows, boy, we're spoiling it now, right? But it does show. I that, know.
6: Sorry for that. That he does
3: question people. himself a lot. You know, even towards the end, he's like, "This all could just be crap." You know, so
1: there. Yeah, you know, there's also Westworld, which is popular, uh-huh. and that has a similar thing with the underworld aspect to the where the robot repair is and all that, the host repair. So it's like you, you're not sure if that's really a dream state too. Mm-hmm. You can apply this this overlay to a lot of different shows that are on right now.
6: Which is interesting, right? Because Very all of a sudden, we're having all these films and TV shows telling us these kinds of stories.
3: We have a lot of TV shows telling us a lot of esoteric things and a lot of movies now. And, uh, I mean, I've asked many people on this show, why is that? And no one really gives me a solid answer, but you know what I think? I think it is like the collective unconscious trying to express the truth through art.
6: Yes, that's, I mean, that's certainly that's very union of you. I love that.
1: And I also think that um, powerful, energetic events like nine eleven make ripples in the collective.
3: Absolutely,
1: that that, that echo back and allow. Because I don't think the collective exists in our time. Because if you were talking about time before time, as we know it, is a social agreement. It's what we agree mm-hmm. time to be. It's not really what time is. So the collective doesn't have to adhere to those rules, and there's therefore, the uh, the events that happen in the past or the future can be picked up at any time.
6: In a lot of ways, really, everything around us is a social agreement. Correct. I mean, in, in, as far as collective wise, we're all agreeing on in mundane ways that are not on this the is, fringe. This
3: is the young type of thing we're getting into now. Right. Kind
6: of. Yeah. But you can, you can go anywhere from like the mundane level of we're all going to agree to use this currency, which there's no woo factor there. We're just agreeing. This is the currency. We value it. And here it goes all the way down into to threads of reality that, that border on what people might consider, insanity, despite the fact of the definition, right, of doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome, which really plays um, significantly into how people run their lives, how our our lives are run for us by half, you know, nine to five job or whatever your job is, these cycles we have. Your
1: your daily ritual.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for for sure. I, I totally agree with that. I think I want to talk about. We got to take our, our second break here, but I want to talk about some even more intense things that others have talked to me about and get y'all's take on it, like the false awakening, symbology, and dreams, prophetic dreams, as well as even being able to meet other people in dreams. Uh, they say it's possible. I don't know. But We'll be right back, guys, with Jerry and Nish from Knox Mente. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. I'm Joe Roop. This is Lighting the Void. Stick around. Jerry and Nish from Knox Mente, a show about dreams and consciousness exploration. Fascinating conversation. Thank you for sticking around through the break. I really appreciate it, guys. Jerry, I got to say, Jerry and Nish, thank you again for spending this time with us tonight on Lighting the Void. It's a real pleasure. And this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So thanks again.
6: Thanks for having us. We We too obviously love this subject. I really think most people do. I'm always surprised, though, when I do encounter... Um, and I do encounter people that do not like anything to do with dream talking. Uh, they have bad experiences and they just shut it down altogether.
3: You, I wonder why everybody is so fascinated with it, though. Do you think it's a power thing? Because you, earlier you were talking about flying, right? Now, that yes. is the one thing. And I know it's a kind of a simple thing, but it's the one thing I do when I become lucid. Like if I'm in a dream and I know all of a sudden I know I'm in a dream, the first thing I do is fly like that feeling of power I love and I'll just hold my hands out like Magneto and just start levitating just as soon as I realize I'm in a dream. I've done that every time.
6: So when you fly, you hold your hands out like Magneto. So you actually are floating like maybe of a tube around you or something.
3: I don't know. I trying- just, it's hard to, and that's funny that you say that too, because even when I astral traveled, there's just this innate knowing of how to fly. There's no way to, to say, this is how you do it or magic fairy. It's just like, you know how to do it.
6: I, I, everyone does it a little differently. I find, and, um, I, I'm always interested in how they do it. it you're right though. It does just happen. I float around, I guess, like Galinda <laughs> in my <laughs> bubble, but I'm not in a bubble. I'd love to do that, but I, I find myself floating. So I'm not like Superman, you know, with my arms outstretched like that. It's a, it's definitely a floating kind of thing.
3: I will say though, uh, that when I did have that, a body experience, when I there's this one tree in the yard that I w- would always go to, always. i only done it like two or three times. And this was a different type of feeling. Now, I learned how to do this in a, in a Gnostic dream yoga book where I, I would actually go outside and try to fly in the real world, like right now. After the show, I'd go outside and try to fly, and I couldn't. And I would just try to reach, you know. But in the dream, it felt like if I, I could look at a target, And I would just pull myself to it. It was totally different than the dream lucid state.
6: Well, that's one of the classic things in, I don't know this book, or maybe I do, but um, where you, in waking life, you stop and you focus for a minute. It can just be a minute, a second um, about something you want to do in dreams. So even just waking up. And um, the flying's interesting. I hadn't hadn't heard that before. Usually it's like just stopping and saying, I'm dreaming right now or going through a door and touching it. And this is a portal and I'm dreaming. And um, So that's a classic technique. I'm pushing that further myself and trying to do little things like you do you know those paper things that hang in windows. So, like those paper masks, like you get from like Paris Boutique and stuff, yeah. where those. So, I've been trying to focus on, and I understand that drafts in a room and all this, but just because they're hanging and there's a possibility of. Of the moving, and it triggers the mind. I don't care if it's a breeze in the room. If it's moving in the way I want it to move, there's something that goes on in a neural pathway that says I'm making this happen, right? And that's all you need is belief, sus- or suspension of disbelief, right. to to all of a sudden tap into something new and exciting. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great practice.
3: Do you guys? I want to just shoot here real quick and go into this realm do you guys believe in levitation do you think it's possible just out of curiosity
1: what kind of levitation
3: well the reason why i ask is i had greg doyle on i heard him on the grimerica podcast and he was all about astral travel and you know he has got some amazing stories and he was telling me that he had this experience where, where people were trying to heal his knee or something like he could feel the hands in the dream realm or astral realm, whatever you want to call it, you know, picking him up. And he said he woke up from his sleep and he was levitating in his tent and he started screaming like a girl. Cause it freaked him out and it just, I don't know. I've, I've it makes me wonder like, you know, Nish was talking about where's the, um, Where's the disconnect between that realm and this one?
1: Maybe there isn't one. Well, to the, the answer your question about levitation, that sounds exactly like a show that was on called uh, Somebody from Cincinnati, like John from Cincinnati, I think. It was a couple of years back, but the, a guy in that show spontaneously le- levitated. Uh, um, as far as like illusionists like David Blaine, I don't know. I don't know what that is.
3: Yeah, but I, I don't, don't believe they're
1: I don't levitating. Not, I I would say this is what I would say. I don't think it's not impossible. I thought that's why I said the wrong. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, d- I would imagine it's possible somehow.
3: Well, there there's all this paranormal activity, right? I mean, the human potential is what I'm talking about here. Yeah, I mean, we are in a very dense. I guess we could say, relatively to the other realm, a very dense realm. And well, you been there yeah well i guess i don't know i'm just guessing here remember <laughs> so we're, we're all in a, a very dense realm it feels like especially when i try to fly and i could feel yeah this ain't gonna work right but
1: again i would say you're limiting yourself yeah mm-hmm.
3: but yeah. then you watch movies like the matrix who are kind of telling you that hey this whole thing is made about rules and then i like the guy that i'm going to have on tomorrow night his teacher was kind of like Edgar Cayce. There was documented all kinds of healings and stuff, and this guy called astral travel eczematosis. And some guy, he's got books on how to do it, and some guy challenged him and said, I don't believe that you can interact with the physical realm. And he actually went into the guy's room and moved, I think it was either a knife or a pair of scissors in the guy's room, you know, and freaked him out. Of course, that's in a book, but if that really happened, then we're talking about something totally different here maybe it is all the same thing.
1: Well, here, I've got a, um, I've got a suggestion for you that I will guarantee to make you fly after a few times, create a sigil that is an upgrade to your system that grants you the ability to fly.
3: Like in the real world,
1: in the real world and meditate on it at night before you go to sleep and consider it and a real upgrade. You're just talking about windows upgrades. I was thinking of, yeah, give yourself an upgrade, give yourself a sigil, uh with flying upgrade and in your astral travel or whatever. And you'll, you'll get it within a week for sure. You'll be able to, uh, to fly.
3: Nish, is he being serious?
6: I, um, 100% serious. Jerry looks very serious to me and, and, I just want to chime in on that because what we're talking about with consciousness in particular is the boundaries we set for ourselves. So if I talk, no matter what it is, even if it's just like stop smoking or something, something simple and tangible. And I think it's always good to talk in, in, in a common um, way because people can understand the idea of stop smoking. And if you tell yourself you can't, and then you go on and you try to do all this stuff, it, it, you're not going to do it. So by opening your mind and having a certain sense of, look at look at the power of prayer with people who pray and the stuff that they claim they're able to do through prayer is it not the same thing and there are studies around this where things have you know outcomes have been changed or altered
1: you get the whole uh, placebo effect
6: yeah it's the the, it's the mind and so
1: from lynn tiger
6: creating a sigil upgrading yourself and tell giving yourself permission to do something why not I'm there with
3: it. So I I can tell you the times I have created sigils. You know, what's funny about how, when they work, the one this is so crazy and I don't understand the psychology of this, but I've created a sigil one time because I wanted to go to Las Vegas and I wanted to meet this guy and I didn't have the money, blah, blah, blah. So I created a sigil. I even did it during the right planetary planetary hours. I don't want to go into too detail, but I stacked the deck with magic on this thing. Right.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: and I just didn't think it was going to work. And as soon as I, I totally forgot about it, as soon as I was like, whatever, and moved on with my life. In other words, as soon as I let it go, that's when it, that's when it happened.
6: That's a key. Okay. So that's, you just addressed something is very key in, in, in practices that we see and in a practice that we see throughout lots of um, schools And um, part of, in basic, I I just don't want to hone myself in on something, but letting go and forgetting. So doing the work, creating the math, right, working all the problem out and, and setting your intent or framing your will, however you want to look at it, and then letting it go. That's where the actual magic happens. Otherwise, you've created obsession. You create obsession. Obsession creates walls and boundaries that one can't see. Eventually, maybe one can. But letting go, Joe, that's the key. And is it not also the key to death? You have to let go in the process of dying. And and we talk about this on Mente a lot, which is tied into everything we do here in life. Um, So letting go is a big Major key of wisdom here in this realm
3: I think I have a hard time with that. That may be why I have a hard time getting out of my yard
1: yeah, right, because basically everything's you know that you've been programmed with quote unquote programmed is is a belief system, and that is the matrix. the matrix is in your head
7: mm-hmm.
1: you know? so it's a cube it's a prison, whatever you want to call it it's constructed of all the beliefs that you've built up and experiences and whatnot over time. And everyone's got different, uh, different cages, if you will, but the gates are open.
3: Mm -hmm. So I'm getting this vibe from both of you guys that there limits and possibilities. When I say limits, that's just really all in our heads. Maybe, maybe we're limiting ourselves to the human potential. Like maybe yep. we, we have no idea what we're capable of, but because like you guys were saying, the social agreements that we make, make these walls that keep us from becoming what we truly could be.
1: Right. And you also have to think about the origin of these, these belief systems and how they've been basically pounded into our heads since we're five or six years old.
6: This is key,
1: especially today. The What?
6: This, what you're saying right now is absolutely the key.
1: Yeah. Right. And to start questioning that stuff, which is now, if if you've noticed being frowned upon, you know, that the whole term conspiracy theorist is just really synonymous with free thinker.
6: So if you, if you tell, you can say, so any, any like skeptic, I guess, or naysayer can say, Oh, I can. Okay. So you guys are saying I can fly. Well, I'm going to, I'm telling myself I can fly. Well, this is, this is a deeper situation. If you somewhere unconsciously, when you're subconscious, however you want to look at that, um, actually don't believe you can, whether or not you're, you're saying it consciously, what you're saying consciously doesn't actually mean anything in the end. It's what's, what's below there that does. So, And this is why things don't work. For people, this is this is why chronic depression is, you know, happens. I con- I'm continually telling my not me, but you know, people who can't get past it, and that this pill, and then that pill, and this technique, because they tell themselves they've latched onto it, and this is what they know. And letting go of it, that there's anything outside of it, is not a reality for them, and so it never will be in their life.
3: You know, the the two biggest things that I think that we just kind of talk about, it's been talked about so much, but we don't, we just let it go, but I can't help but think about the incredible power that it represents is, you know, um, the double slit experiment and the placebo mm-hmm. effect. Those two things should tell us exactly what you guys are saying, but... Everybody just kind of talks about it. They don't understand it. And then we just move on to another subject. But I think we should focus on both of those things a lot more.
6: Observation. Yeah. Also
1: that the science has built, you know, I would say two walls of your prison in a lot of ways, because science is really just, you know, materialism and it, don't, it won't look at consciousness or anything involved with it. So that's basically the mindset of most people try and talk to someone about what space they're like oh it's <laughs> you know <laughs> full of stars they, <laughs> they
6: right. spin out theor- things that are actually still theory theories mm-hmm. people want there's um, people glum on to theories and intelligent people that present information to you uh, you know it's hard and, and that have studied maybe there's a I don't know you know that people want to hear intelligence. People speaking and understand that they think they understand.
3: I do. You're right because I definitely do. I want to be told by someone more intelligent than me the real truth about it all. You know what I mean? It's
1: a trap. It is. It right? is kind of a trap. I totally forgot what I was going to say.
3: Though. Like Sorry, Jason Louvre when I had Jason oh, okay. Louve on, I asked him. You know, pretty much because I consider him an intelligent person. And he studies the esoteric and magic quite a bit. And I said, look, I'm going to ask a question that I know a lot of that's on a lot of people's mind. You know, w- what is magic number one and what part of it's real and what part of it's just in your head? And he kind of it, it shocked me a little bit because I thought he was going to go into this big intelligent this thing about it. Right. But what he said was, you you're asking me to define reality pretty much. Exactly. You can't do that. The the you magic know,
1: magic systems are woven with our reality.
3: And, um, so when these guys say, uh, especially from the Monroe Institute that not only can they travel together in this dream state or travel in this dream state, but they can travel together. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was the coolest thing ever since I was a kid, I would want to go into a dream state and meet up with one of my friends or somebody. And then we go somewhere off this adventure. I know it sounds kind of corny, but it would be fun to me. Right. And
1: think about the uh, aboriginal dream time. That's Mm -hmm. a similar concept where you're in a space, an astral space or whatever, a state of consciousness together.
3: I don't know much about that. Do they they talk about that? I've never studied aboriginal dream time.
1: It's like um, unity dream time. Everybody dreams the same dream.
6: And even more mundanely in like our modern Western life here, have you had a dream where you a cat? Or a dog an animal you love that's still with us. It's not past Has popped in. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is common and I'll say, I'll look down and I'll see like Matilde Matilde's with me all the time. And, and she's, she's in there with me. And so it doesn't have, once you get, this is always that white elephant thing, right? Where, um, once you are the anomalous thing, whatever is anomalous, once you can identify something that changes the whole of it all, then you're free. So it's sometimes easier to start with recognizing an animal that's in a dream and then you can start focusing on humans, you know.
3: Hmm, That's interesting because I did have a dream where I was. I don't know if I was out of my body or not, but it was more like a hypnagogic deal where I just Mm -hmm. fell asleep and I'm walking beside the couch and I'm asleep on the couch and I see my cat who's passed away, which was Allie. And I was like, Hey baby. And she just was looking at me like, I didn't even register in my head that the cat was dead, you know? And she's just looking at me with these big eyes. Like I see you, you know, and then just leaped at me. and, And as soon as she leaped at my face, bam, I was awake. And I was like, why didn't I even, why did it not register me? Because in that reality, the cat was alive. I didn't even think about the cat not being dead, you know?
6: So that's a, that's a little bit different than what I'm saying, but that's also something that I die. I, I'm all about the animals. So yes. So the dead, the, the people and loved ones that we love that have passed that show up is one thing, but say, Allie was still alive and you had a dream with Ali while mm-hmm. she's still alive in your waking life. Your mind is now connecting that she's alive and dreaming, right? And I'm alive and dreaming and we're dreaming together. And so that's kind of an idea of how people travel. We meet up, we, you know, we somehow set a destination and like remote viewing. There's a, a yes, thank you. So, but then there's the whole, the stuff with past People who've passed—that's a whole different line of thought, because in your mind, your conscious mind can say, "Okay, that Ellie's dead," and even though she's alive there, I don't know that that's your mind wants to say. Maybe it wasn't her.
1: And is that just a, a construction, of a hop, you know, not a hologram, but a um, a reconstructed persona? Yes, yeah, yeah. So really, that same consciousness person, the same consciousness of the person who died. I don't
3: think so. But. Well, no, nor do I. What would you say to the people that say this? Because I get this a lot. And I've gotten two-page emails about this sometimes. All of these things that you're talking about and trying to study with consciousness and dreams and God and source and reality, you're never going to figure out. You might as well just let it go. You're just spinning your wheels. And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, <laughs> why in the hell is it so freaking interesting and intriguing to me that I can't stop thinking about it?
1: Cause we're all looking for the cheat codes.
3: <laughs> and that's what I think. Yeah. We're trying to, is it a power thing or is it just, we want the truth?
1: It's a lot of stuff. I, you know, for me personally, it's, I want to learn. I want to have this knowledge just, just because I want to know um, other people may do it for personal gain or whatnot. You know, it's everyone's got different reasons. Right. And, and that can be said of almost any subject.
3: Now, Either one of you guys, it doesn't matter who answers this, but I am curious because I love references when it comes to uh, dream exploration and consciousness exploration. Do you guys have some favorite uh, people books that you like to read or people that you you like to follow on this?
1: I I don't have any books, no, but I have movie references.
3: <laughs> I'll take movie references. Movie references are good.
1: Uh, there's one called uh, Brainstorm, which is pretty interesting.
6: With Nat- Was that with Natalie Wood?
1: Yes, yeah, so it was her last movie, I believe. Yeah. You know excellent. what kind of wood doesn't float, <laughs> Joe?
6: Cherry.
3: <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Natalie wood. <It's> uh, <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs> Too right. soon? Inception uh, would be one. I, everybody's <laughs> in love with that movie.
1: Uh, Dreamscape was another one with, um, I want to say Dennis Quaid. Where they were, it was almost like uh, dream assassins. That was the the premise, I think. There's a ton of dream movies that are real interesting. The Inception's really cool. And if you want to talk about like virtual stuff, look at The 13th Floor. That's an amazing movie.
3: Now, I think that um, talking about Inception, I want to talk to you guys about the false awakening that I had. I have read some texts where they talk about different levels of consciousness, like an onion. Uh, um, but Robert Monroe refers to this he talks about like the first and second state then the third and then moves on to this other realm well the only time that I, I'm not so sure about that but the only time that I've ever had that experience was the false awakening that I had where that being was like in my face and I think that I woke up maybe six times in the same spot before I actually woke up and each time I woke up I mean, each time I woke up, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm awake. And then I get up and I'm probably not the only one that does this, but when I get up, I check my phone. Well, I check my phone and it just keeps going like every time I touch it, a little light and it goes out. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? And that was a trigger that was telling me, you're not awake, wake back up. So I'd go, come on, Joe, wake up. And I could feel my eyes twitching, just trying to wake up, right? And then, bam, I'm awake. I'm like, okay, I'm awake. I even feel more awake than I did before, but guess what? I'm still not awake. And then I kept doing the thing with the phone about the fifth time. I said, dude, I'm dead. I really thought, like, I died and I got trapped (laughs) in this cycle where I was on the couch. Maybe I had a heart attack when I was asleep. Didn't Uh know, you, you know, what was going on. And then at the top level, that's when I saw that hooded thing. Just, I'm talking about uncomfortably close to my face. You know, when kids get in each other's face in the playground like that, almost nose to nose, that's what this thing was doing to me. What and did
6: it look like? It was hooded. That's
3: so, so I tell, I tell this thing, this, so I'm laying on the couch and the hood goes over my head. Like you'd have to, you'd have to pretend that this person is standing at the end of the couch, looking over your head, kind of uh vertical like, Right. So you'd have to stretch your neck and roll your eyes up to see the top of his head. Then you roll your eyes up further and you see his nose. Well, that's about how far I got. And it was a black hood with sometimes it looked like pale kind of clownish pale makeup face and dark blue pitted eyes. And then I just, you know, I just turned my head to the right and was like, oh, my God, wake up. Ooh, what You know, what is that? Started saying every name I could in the book that I grew up with. Jesus, God, help me. You know, I'm talking mm-hmm. about 100% fear. And mm-hmm. after I got through that thing is when I woke up.
6: That's fascinating. I think that's one of the best. Um, there's a lot of, people call that. it There's a lot of different names for that experience but that's one of the best stories i've heard joe thank you i (laughs) I guess i hadn't heard you speak of it before
3: i wonder if this thing and sometimes to this day i wonder if that whatever that was yeah like it kind of kind of like it but i didn't see the rest of its face i didn't want to see it but uh i wonder if whatever that thing was was keeping me in that even if it was a construct maybe it was keeping me in that cycle of where i couldn't wake up you know
6: well, some people would call it, you know, you were ridden and I mean, there's a lot of terminology around it, especially the further back historically you go, because this experience has been recorded as long as we've been able to record images on walls. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, there, there's, I, like with all of this, n- nobody's Nobody's bringing nothing's empirical for me. So your experience is your experience. And that's as valid. That's as much validation as I need. Um, I think that it was definitely my, my own take on these things is the real and that they're they're an entity. So whether it is someone else out of their body and dreaming somewhere else, that's certainly could be if it's um and then for whatever intent you know whatever ill intent or good intent um you know a lot of people think this is kind of the succubi incubi energy where it's feeding off of your energy especially when you're in a state of arousal so not just fear but sometimes they play out sexually just any any state where there's a lot of emotional juice happening um this is why i
3: should be keeping a journal so I would maybe I would understand why that happened more,
6: maybe. Well, what I think the takeaway for me would be is that it happened and that it was that tangible and real. I mean, it has to, that gave you, that tells you that there's more going on here, that there's something going on. And I mean, do you really think that was part of your own brain?
3: I do not. You know? I don't yeah. because I wasn't, Everything that I could control of, had control of, I had control of it. But that, I felt so controlled and trapped, like I'd never felt before. Mm -hmm. And I had to use a name that I actually got out of a Golden Dawn book to get it to go away from me. And let me tell you something. When it left, I could feel it moving. Not like Uh feel it like wind like, it was me kind of, I could feel it. You know how, when you watch those horror movies, those things kind of move and they, they shift, they go and it's kind of horror slow-mo, you know?
6: Yeah. Yes.
3: That's how it moved away from me. And when it did, it was like this, even when I was vibrating the name that I got out of this book, when I vibrated it, I could, it vibrated the whole house and I could feel this thing move away from me.
6: It, there's so there's a lot of people that would say that are more um clinical with these things so they'd say this was a classic paralysis experience and um and then go into all of that all of that language and then there there's other people that there's a school of thought that this is part of like a life review right and so that's actually you viewing yourself uh, um and then there are people that would suggest that's you but not a review but it is you standing over your flesh and then you consciously having to acknowledge that as other because it's you but it's not you right so it's other um there's just a whole bunch of stuff but i'm curious what what name did you use what 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 was the
3: Uh, it's a the rosicrucian name of jesus which was yahushua but they don't say it like yahushua they vibrate. Don't, isn't it
6: vibrated through? Yeah, you yeah. vibrate
3: it. And that's exactly sounds really weird, but I tried everything and, and I just really deeply vibrated it as loud as I could. And when I did it, it was kind of like, I forget the name of that X-Man character, but it shook the whole house. Like you could see the voice vibrate and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and it might be because my belief thought that, that it would work either way. It got that thing away from me and I finally woke up.
6: All you need is the permission, which is your, you know, which is where belief falls in, right? So your belief in it gave yourself permission to exercise it. Yeah. That's all you need. It could have been anything, but obviously you have an attachment to that. And that. Yeah,
3: I grew up Christian. So I feel like it's in my, what do you call it? uh, Paradigm, I guess.
6: Yeah, and, and so you've imp- you've imbued it, you've you've empowered it, you've, and then not only you, millions of people. So you're on un- you're you're somewhere in you. There's a lot of um, juice in it, and and so when you evoke it, you are telling yourself that millions of people evoke this, and it, it has a, you know that's why sigils, that's why um, beliefs on a mass level have a lot of weight. There's a lot of gravity. And, um, and then, you know, that can take us into lots of woo-woo in the awake world. And I use quotes here. Um, that's where I was fixing to
3: go too, because I was, I'm admitting a lot of things about I've told these stories in broad. But I've never told them in detail, like I'm telling you now about the names I've used and stuff. But I guess it's time to say that, you know.
6: I actually want to hear you vibrate it out. Is that?
3: Oh, God. Is no, that too much that. to ask? Yeah, that's that. I mean, anybody can. It's just like Heshua, but just imagine vibrating it like a monk. You know,
6: uh, yeah, but I'd like to hear it. But if you're uncomfortable doing that, I can do it
3: after the show that. if you want. I don't think okay, I want to do cool. it on the radio, but okay. Yeah, that—that's what I used, and it was. Is there
1: a mechanical device involved?
3: Uh, no, not that okay. I'm a, No, my voice. <laughs>
6: that is a mechanical device, but
1: but <laughs> no, like a frequency generator or something. Yeah,
6: here, here's the thing. Off of
3: it, you're talking about the physical realm. I was going through a series of ritual back then that are known as just regular banishing and middle pillar rituals Mm -hmm. that I thought were supposed to cleanse me, energetically cleanse me, you know, empower me energetically, things of that nature. But all of these things started happening to me then, you know, and I called the guy that kind of ran the order I was involved with then. And he said, this is a good thing. And I'm like, it's a good thing. You're telling me that this is a good thing. He's like, yeah, you're dealing with all these things that, that, you know, it may take many lifetimes to deal with, but you're, you're kind of putting yourself in a boiling pot right now. And I said, I thought what I thought was that this was supposed to be some like magic fairy dust where all the icky goes away, but it doesn't, it brings out the icky and it forces you to deal with it in a lot of ways. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm dealing with it in these realms. So when people do like they do a meditation or they do a ritual or when they look at a candle or they smell an incense or they draw some type of sigil with their finger or dagger or whatever, that to me is triggering the subconscious, which is actually interacting this realm to that other realm. If they are indeed separate at all, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think somewhere in there is where the magic happens.
6: Oh, yeah, I, I, it makes sense to me, and I agree with you on that and hypothesis, the, really. <laughs> yeah, and they
3: have all these correspondences, like, okay, this incense means fire, and this incense, and it's like, okay, is this real, or, or are you programming my mind with this construct to empower me, or are you just programming me? See, now I'm You're starting to go a little crazy. Yourself.
6: yeah. If you it's want to look the at whole it, double slit thing again. I'm mm-hmm. oh, so observing. Sorry,
1: Jerry. Look at it from a young man perspective. You're dealing with your shadow on a fast track.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what, and see, I don't know that I could deal with it. And I kind of backed away from it. But now and I want
1: you, to. Until, until you can deal with your shadow, you really can't explore beyond the yard.
3: That's what so, I think. I think you're right. I don't think I'm meant to go beyond the yard until I'm ready to deal with that.
1: Generally, you 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 will keep yourself from not seeing things you're not ready to see. That's why shit got crazy for however long that was. Yeah, right. Doing your that was basically your initiation, right?
3: I think so. Yeah, I, I think it was.
1: I would consider it your first trial, no.
3: Did I, and I failed it miserably. <laughs> But anyway like go, go, go right, so we're going to take our last break I want to I know we've been talking about me way too much I want to talk about some of you guys experience and then talk a little bit more about your show and how everybody can listen to it and then we'll wrap it up but you guys don't go anywhere we'll be right back after these words
0: You have hard water. The limescale not only leaves white spots, it clogs pipes and breaks down appliances, costing you hundreds of dollars in energy and wear. Eliminate limescale and other water issues like brown staining and bad odors with Hydro Care water products available from Wave Home Solutions. Wave's affordable water systems don't use salts or chemicals. You'll love the way your water tastes, smells, and looks. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com
2: how you doing today guys this is Garrett Lee and this is Randy Warner from the healers and hellraisers podcast a podcast about people you're going to hear stories from the enlightening to the frightening told by those who lived in listen right here on the fringe FM
3: Wednesdays at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern and on the fringe free-for-all right here on the fringe FM
4: oh you know what I like about me Uh, this is rich giordano host of the paranormal code no i'm serious the show's on twice a week now sunday and thursday on the fringe.fm and spreaker 10 p.m eastern 7 pacific yeah it's two hours it's live and i do a show like you've never heard before so you're gonna come here you're gonna get your information you're gonna be entertained but you're also gonna hear the truth like you know you won't forget like you've never heard before And for those of you who've been following, thank you. Thank you for talking me into this extra night. Now I'm on twice. Great. Hey, good for you, right? The paranormal code. This means something.
5: Do you find yourself bored and longing to learn more about the mysteries and conspiracies behind our reality? Specifically, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific? What a coincidence, because that's exactly when me, Gigi, and my lovely co-host Cortana kicked over the airwaves with just the right amount of intellectual stimulation to give you that eargasm of conversational excellence that you deserve. So be sure to check out our show, Shift Habits, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific. That's 9 to 11 Central. And let's shake some talk radio tail feather, shall we? Right here on KTLK, The Fringe FM.
2: This is Reverend John M. Polk from johnpolkmedia.com. And you can listen to my show, The Quantum Hologram Matrix, every Thursday night. ETs, UFOs, metaphysics, the paranormal, and more are some of the many topics we will cover on The Quantum Hologram Matrix. Make sure you bring your higher concentric, multidimensional cells. That's every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on The Fringe
1: FM. Does your basement or crawl space have a damp, musty smell? Well, watch out! That's a sign of too much moisture and not enough ventilation. And that can mean increased mold growth and the buildup of harmful toxins and gases. Don't bother with a dehumidifier. It just circulates the same unhealthy air. Now there's a better way to remove these dangers and odors. It's with the computerized Wave Moisture Control Unit that reduces moisture and expels pollutants.
5: We replaced our old dehumidifier with the Wave Unit, and in only three weeks, our basement is dry and the musty smell is gone.
1: Wave units require no maintenance, no buckets of water or filters, and costs only pennies a day to run. Breathe better, live healthier with an affordable, no-maintenance wave unit. Call 888-717-WAVE, 888-717-W-A-V-E, or visit
4: dryhealthyhome.com,
7: dryhealthyhome.com. Wave home solutions for a healthy, comfortable
4: home. This is Rev. Dan Lopez from Spiritual Warrior Today Radio, and you're listening to KTLK, The
7: Friends. Cortana out.
5: (laughs) Back Do you find yourself bored and longing to learn more about the mysteries and conspiracies behind our reality, specifically every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific? What a coincidence, because that's exactly when me, Gigi, and my lovely co-host Cortana kicked over the airwaves with just the right amount of intellectual stimulation to give you that eargasm of conversational excellence that you deserve. So be sure to check out our show, Shift Habits, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, that's 9 to 11 Central, and let's shake some talk radio tail feather, shall we? Right here on KTLK, The Fringe, FM.
3: Digital broadcasting, The Fringe Napa Valley, California, Little Rock, Arkansas.
5: Hi there, this is Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.
3: Welcome back to Lighting the Void. We're live on the Fringe FM. Don't forget the Fringe FM has awesome live programming for you all the time. we got some new podcasts that we've put up in the real, the Healers and Hellraisers with Garrett Lee and Randy Warner. We also have on the Fringe FM the Mad Scientist podcast with Chris Cogswell. So... We've got some more shows coming down the line for you, so don't forget that it's running twenty four seven. And if you want to give us your feedback, any cool stuff, hate mail, whatever, just email talkback at thefringe.fm. We are here with Jerry and Nish from Noxmente, which is an awesome show about dreams and consciousness. You guys really need to check it out, and it's on YouTube. And, uh, this has been probably one of the deeper conversations I've ever had on the show and revealed more stuff than I ever have. So, uh, I guess I can say thanks for doing that. You know, thanks for bringing that out. I appreciate it guys.
1: Well, you're welcome. We we have noticed on, uh, not so much lately, but the earlier shows are, seem to be very therapeutic for the for the, for the guest
3: therapeutic in is really, always good
1: ways in really weird ways. And. Would, they would come up like in synchronicities. It's bizarre.
3: So now that, you know, we I do want to talk about, is there like your most intense dream experience? Maybe. I don't care who goes first, but, you know, if it's one you you want to keep for yourself, you don't have to share that one with us. But maybe something that kind of triggers you and in, in, into this uh, field, something that's happened to you that's been more than just, you know, of your average dream maybe some paranormal type stuff.
6: Okay. I will go. Um, so I have a lot. I have a lot of them, but I'll give you one of the more recent ones. I may have talked about this somewhere, but it was, I'd say it was before we started Knox And it was one of those experiences that was, um, I don't know, even know what the terminology is to describe. It, it was full. It was like IMAX um, and this is, was a dream dream at first. So it was like IMAX was surround sound in my head. It was all just in my head sound. And um, I had my ex-husband had come to see me and I, somehow I was like a waitress somewhere <laughs> and um, I used to be a bartender and that's actually how we met. So it was, it's, you know, a dream like, okay, maybe I'm working some of that out. I don't know. And he comes up and he's talking to me. We have a dialogue and I'll leave all that out. And then something's going on outside. And so I, he follows me out, but as we go out and make sure people have their water, which is kind of, I think a significant symbol in the dream, we go out and we're standing by a tree, a very large tree. And I'm looking up, at the sky and he's talking to me and I'm not, I'm listening to him, but I'm looking up at the sky. And all of a sudden the whole sky, I thought I was looking at the moon. The moon was full and beautiful. It pulled, it's like a separation happened between, it's like it pulled away and the plane of earth that we were standing on pulled away. And I realized that the whole upper filament or firmament was this thing that was not the moon. It w- and it, it encompassed the whole sky. It encompassed everything I could see. And it was some sort of a ship. And at that point, um, I, you know, I said, Scott, look at this. What is this? And, you know, he made some comment about it. And so it was like, get in the car. And let's get out of here. And so when you're thinking about something this huge, the whole sky was basically this mothership. Um, It was like, where do you go? So then the next bits of this dream are, we're driving on the road, we're going to the country. And in my head, there is this thought about, what's going on in Chicago. That's where I used to live. That's where we got married. And it's a huge city. And it was something I desperately wanted to get out of when we lived there. It was just, I I need country. And as we're going, I'm looking out at the landscape and it's, there's, it looked kind of, like an attack like um you know like and this doesn't have to be alien there was just like stuff happening in the sky there were some some burning buildings some smoke and we stop at a gas station and in in the gas station there are these cephalopod type things that are like octopi and on first look, I thought they were eating the people's faces. And then on second at Scott's pulling me out and um, I look, back i turn around and i look i'm fully lucid right now at this point so now i have gone loose when the sky turned into a ship i went lucid and because it's such a that's what happens with lucidity strange things make you go oh i'm dreaming and so i look back the act of looking back and i saw what was going on these cephalopod octopi things were getting in through the ears and um Whoa. that's. And then so we're out in the parking lot and Scott, I realized actually one was in him and he's trying to get me onto this ship. This like kind of maybe like spaceship, multidimensional ship. I don't know. I didn't see it. But when the moment I because re- th- so you must understand he would never show up in my life now. He would never. And he actually had brought a wedding ring or something. And I laughed and I said, what about your new wife? <laughs> You know, it was like, it's so absurd. It is like unbelievably absurd that he would be there and do this. It's out of his character. And so I started, that made me go start wondering, I see these things inhabiting these, these workers at this gas station. And then he's saying, come over here. And I realized I put his language together. It really wasn't him. And that one was in him trying to get me on one of these ships or portals, whatever that thing was, and I didn't, I couldn't see it clearly. And um, so from there I realized I needed to try and get away. And at this point when I wake up, and as I'm waking up, and this is more significant to me than almost all that other imagery, as I'm coming back into my body, the sound did not leave. It was so IMAX like internal head sound like the sound of blowing up the sound of like being in a video game like a 3d game and it's it, i sat there for five minutes looking i was looking at the clock for five minutes while it was un, kind of unwinding or or tuning down in amazement and i actually went and checked the computer to see like i went to drudge report <laughs> Like, did something crazy happen in the world because it was completely alarming and bizarre. So that was, that's, that's in a nutshell. Did
3: did you run into your ex after that dream by any chance?
6: No, he would never. I, I live in a whole different state and no, uh, no contact. He wouldn't, this is what's so bizarre about it is he would never that encounter would never happen. He's never gonna reach out to find me. He's never gonna do any of that. And I know this consciously. And so the fact that reinforced that that these things, these octopi, something was in him controlling him. And it knew that there, you know, he is a significant person in like the whole scheme of my life. He played a very big role in my life. And so that it would have my attention, that I may follow him
3: i believe in uh prophetic dreams only because i had one when i was actually journaling correctly and i had kind of a dream like that about my ex but it came to pass a month later but it oh, came really? to pass through symbolism you know yeah i mean it was yes. p- perfect it worked itself out perfect you know yes it's a little too personal to tell on the air, but it was. Uh, there's no way that that dream wasn't telling me that this was going to happen. Now, th- my question is: did it? Did I make it happen because of that, or was it actually Were prophesying?
6: It? Yeah. Well, this is a key thing too. Is we must understand also that our conscious mind is reading symbols. That's the language of the unconscious symbols. It's the language of ancients and it's the language of all kinds of stuff, but it's definitely the language of dreams. And so we need to learn our own association with them. So at Nox Mente, we ask you for very first thing is where did you grow up and, and trying to get an idea of what their base symbols are for the collective, like an ocean, a forest, a city, and, and things that influence them so that as we move further into the conversation, we can get an idea of what the base symbols are. Those, you never lose those symbols. You always have them. You're always working with them. Right. So, it, and once you can do this for yourself, then understanding your dreams becomes a whole different experience.
3: What about you, Jerry? Anything like that?
1: Not that intense. No, <laughs> that um, was pretty intense. I don't think I ever really had one dream that was super intense, but I've had a lot of uh, some recurring themes in my dreams, a lot of fault. Not so much anymore, but when I was a kid. Falling dreams, falling off skyscrapers.
3: And Why you, you know, did you feel that you were falling? Could you feel it?
1: Yeah, You get that feeling like you're in an elevator in your stomach, you know, like you're falling. But
3: yeah, not. the, the, the um, <clears throat> Robert Monroe and a bunch of other people say that if you had those feelings, because I had those when I was a kid too, of feelings of roller coaster stuff, like being thrown. Out of control like I was flying and all of a sudden I'm just being whipped around like out of control and they say that you're actually having an uncontrolled out-of-body states like why would you feel those same feelings when you're not moving and I'm thinking maybe in the brain
1: I've actually been thinking about this I think the um, I've come to this idea that the vibration you feel when you're going in and out of your body experience is maybe shifting into a different type of frequency, a different realm or different dimension, if you will. So, so if you look at the idea where each dimension, including our own, is just separated from the other one by, by a frequency band. So it'd be like it, like, like our eyes can only see a certain amount of the, the visible spectrum. It's like 4%, I think. Right. You know, to us, the visible, visible spectrum is 4% of the entire electromagnetic frequency spectrum. So there could be other dimensions in between. Anyway, I, I was thinking, though, maybe if the vibrating has something to do with getting your matter to a point where you can shift into that state.
3: Yeah, so, uh, well, they... The that's falling the-
1: would be always coming back because you always, like, wake up when that happens, too. So
3: it's, right. Like, it's I, I've, I've done that where I've killed myself. And, and just... just <laughs> That sounds crazy me even saying that, but just like dreams I had, I remember when I was young that I couldn't get out of, so I'd jump off a bridge or something, and try to kill myself so I could wake up. Why in the hell did I even do that?
1: You were talking about that other the nested the, uh, nested dream before with the creepy dude at the end. I was thinking maybe you could apply a sigil to that and make a uh, some kind of mental uh, emergency escape hatch button kind of thing. You know, like oh, that's cool. You know,
3: yeah, I mean, it's, so it's you your s-
1: dream. You could program it any way you want.
3: That's really cool. That's a cool concept I never thought about. So I could make a sigil that programs this one thing maybe to be in my dream state that it's always there for me to get out of bad situations.
1: Mm-hmm. It, could be a, it could be a phrase. It could be a feeling. It could be whatever you want. But, you know, also keep in mind that if you're going to do this, I've never tested this. <laughs> it's just a thought. Um if you're going to go with like an upgrade type of motif that you want to incorporate that into the sigil somehow, that it's, it's an upgrade for you and then keep it as you want to do more things, add them as extra upgrades.
3: Huh? Like Like an operating system. I got it. Yeah.
6: We had, um, Ren Collier on and he is crazy. He, he's wild. His dreams are crazy and f- fantastic show, but well, he's he's not. He doesn't anything that he finds fear in. He actually attacks. It goes after.
3: He goes straight after it.
6: He goes after mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we'll beat it up, whatever. And um, and so I I think that's also I've not been able to do that when I'm afraid in 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 those experiences. I really just try to find a, an exit. Um. Unless I have some sort of idea like this is going to have some sort of, you know, like in a video game, there's treasure here or something. But I like Ren's approach and I admire it. So that's another way also, if you could muster it up, to turn around and get up and look at the figure eye to eye. Oh,
3: that'd be hard for me.
1: Plus, Ren has done a lot of uh, initia- initiation work, if you will. Right. Yeah. So he's he's used to that stuff
6: he's quite masterful in these things i wanted to go off a jerry's vibration thing i want jerry actually to i want us to further this the idea of vibrating you know they're saying that they move you can move big massive mounds of rocks. Yep. you were able to get that thing out the the body when you go into that state vibrates. I think I hadn't heard Jerry say this before, and I just I wrote it down in notes. It's going to show up in Oxman Ta.
1: I never have said it before.
6: it's it's it just made a dot for me. It was a it gave me the chills chair.
1: Cool. Now my day is complete. <laughs>
6: there's there's something really powerful there, and and scientifically we know that vibration has a lot of. I mean, it's what it, 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 that plays back to the double slit experiment, which right. can't be understated.
1: Which goes um, back to M theory and some sub- mm-hmm. string theory before that, but you know, you're, there. I heard someone I heard today was talking about this. That basically quantum mechanics and quantum. Uh, all the quantum stuff is basically the science of magic
3: and quantum entanglement. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. They're trying to put a materialist spin on the magic system here in this realm.
3: Yeah. I think it's a lot of talked about that a few times. And I've also, I've talked to Laird Scranton about that, where we, we got into this big discussion about how the physical realm and, uh, the metaphysical realm you know a lot of people have this idea that the metaphysical realms are higher and better but i've always looked at it like you know the physical realm was just important that maybe life was one of the most beautiful things in the universe and that they're codependent on each other and polar polarity type of sense you know and then he got well, into the, quantum this entanglement is the
1: universe thing. though you know?
7: mm-hmm.
3: yeah for sure i i I have so many questions about all this stuff. That's why I'm actually so stoked that there's a show out there that's entirely dedicated to this. I mean everybody talks about it, right? It's the big subject everybody talks about dreaming and consciousness and astral travel. Uh, I'm sure there are other shows that are dedicated to it, but I've I mean you guys the show is great and you got some great guests coming up too. I seen that on your uh, your uh, wow. timeline there where you got more guests coming up and Everybody wants to talk about this stuff. So I can imagine that the, the show is going to go places, you know,
1: we could, when, when, when you're going to come on,
3: whenever yes. you guys want, I mean, <laughs> I'll come on there whenever you guys want. I'll, I have this thing about when people actually invite me on their shows, the stuff that I don't reveal on this show, I'll reveal on those shows, you know, just like too late. Yes. <laughs> too late. And I know I was on <laughs> healers and Hellraisers. I went on that show and kind of, talk to them about some of the lodge experiences I had in actual magical lodges and stuff that I promised I would never speak about. But I feel like, you know, they're, pro- they really want to know. So I'm really going to tell them at least the experience I had, you know, it's your karma.
1: The, the one rule we do have is that if you mention our show, we, you have to come be a guest. So. Well,
3: <laughs> I, I want everybody to really check it out. I mean, you can start from the beginning and go, you know,
1: go, cool go back from the front right go and start now and go back.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and just see the progress of how this is. Cause you must, you know, you may not think it, but doing a show or a podcast about a certain subject and as many people as you talk to, you might actually start getting answers. And I know that sounds like now nah, we'll never get any, an-. no, you might actually start coming up with some answers. You never know. We have shapes of answers
1: right now. Hmm.
6: Yeah. It's, it's going, it, it's taking us places for sure. It's shaping me differently. I'm different now than I was when we started.
3: Me
1: too.
3: You know what? Uh, I wanted to ask both of you this. What is your opinion about, and, and I know Jerry loves, Jerry also has these videos of where he is filming the moon and he plays really cool music behind it. And it's really cool just to meditate on and watch. You now everybody talks about it in the chat rooms, Cthulhu's moon, right? But <laughs> here's the thing what the hell is that thing i, I, I have to think that. that it does something to our consciousness For i mean even the esoterics they talk about it that's gotta it's the most it's the most curious thing to me i am fascinated with the moon i i
1: don't know what it is i think I it's think a
3: satellite man trapping us here or something or trapping our consciousness here I, I don't know why i keep thinking that uh
1: it's just a story it's just a narrative that's out there
6: like any other, though there are so many, right. and think about the narratives that everyone buys into that are actually just still theories. Right. And like I gravity?
7: mean,
6: yeah. Thank you, Jerry. I mean, it's so. But you mentioned that, and all of a sudden we get thrown way far out into cuckoo land. That <laughs> that
1: like cars in space.
6: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so these are the things that perplex me, and in in that kind of um, in that vein, people that aren't even open, want to allow themselves to be open to hear things that seem far out and far reaching are limiting their experience. And it's sad. I understand, you know, I don't understand because I'm not like that, but I understand, I respect the boundary of that.
1: So they're dreaming elsewhere. That's why they don't care.
6: Yeah.
3: Well, that's where everybody wants to go. And I do, I do too. If I can get out of my yard, I want to go to the moon I want to really see if there's all these bases on here and these millions of different alien races and all this stuff that Jerry probably should have saw.
1: Probably you know? what, you know, most likely what you see will be your ideas of what's there.
6: Mm-hmm. We That's see what true. we want to see or what we can see.
1: You know, I considered, you know, dream, when you do astral stuff like that, if it's not a joint space, it's like your own personal holodeck. Yeah.
6: What Jerry, what about like in Westworld, um, the, 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 the bots, I guess the hosts Mm -hmm. can't see certain things. They can't see doors that
1: that doesn't look like anything to me. Yeah. Mm
6: So, Oh, you know, who's that to me is a really profound thing. And I mean, you see the matrix and stuff like that, but they're walking around, they're having these experiences. They think they're real and yet they can't see the door there that the techs are using. I Can't
3: right, see it. Right, right, right. No, I never even noticed that till you just mentioned it. I never, I've never even registered to me. Yeah,
1: that's akin to a frequency barrier because they can't see that light from that. Then whatever, however it's programmed, you know.
6: But it's a but, deeper truth.
1: The, but the deeper truth, I think, in Westworld is that the hosts represent us.
6: Mm-hmm, definitely.
1: The the, uh, the the sheeple, if you will.
3: Well,
6: you guys, I,
3: I, we're at the end of the show. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh,
1: you Thanks guys want to give,
3: give out your links and where they can find you. Maybe tell sure. about some of the plans you got in the future.
1: We don't have any plans. <laughs> um, <laughs> Study baby steps, you know, we're slow and steady. Um, you can go to knoxmente.com. N O X M E N T E.com. Take you right to our channel. If you want to go to my channel, you go to com. I've got redirect set up. That's it.
6: Yeah. We're an, a little underground show, and we talk to anyone, really. That's interesting.
3: Well, you guys, make sure you guys give them a social media follow. If if you uh, trust me, if my audience, anybody in my audience trusts me on this, you need to go just actually crack out on all the shows like I have been the past few days. Uh I want, there's some other stuff I wanted to get into, but maybe we can talk about it again. And, uh, cause this next time yeah, I on mean, our
6: show, you come over to us. This conversation
3: go. <laughs> can go so many places. I mean, there's so much to talk about and so many experiences and that's the beauty of it. And I really, Hey, I thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure.
7: Well, thank you, Joe.
3: All right, uh, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. You guys hang out for just one second. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Don't forget, Spaced Out Radio is up next if you're listening live. All the shows are on the archives. And this show was produced by the Fringe FM and cannot be rebroadcast or syndicated without written permission. And music was by Cassiopeia, Cronoaks, and Kevin McLeod. We'll see you guys tomorrow night with Daniel Joseph. Good night.